Ted Bundy.
That interview was conducted a few hours before Bundy's execution in Florida. American serial killer and rapist Ted Bundy was one of the most notorious criminals of the late 20th century. Theodore Ted Bundy was a 1970s serial murderer, rapist, and necrophiliac. He was executed in Florida's electric chair in 1989. His case has since inspired many novels and films about serial killers. Ted Bundy admitted to 36 killings of young women across several states in the 1970s, but experts believe that the final tally may be closer to 100 or more. The exact number of women Bundy killed will never be known. On January 24, 1989, Bundy was put to death around 7 a.m. at the Florida State Prison in an electric chair, sometimes known as Old Sparky. Outside the prison, crowds cheered and even set off fireworks after Ted Bundy's execution. In February 1980, Ted Bundy married Carol Ann Boone, a mother of two whom he dated before his initial arrest, in a Florida courtroom during the penalty phase of his trial. When Boone gave birth to a daughter in 1982, she named Ted Bundy as the father. Boone eventually realized Bundy was guilty of the crimes and stopped visiting him during the last two years of his imprisonment. Ted Bundy was born in Burlington, Vermont on November 24, 1946, starting life as his mother's secret shame. Eleanor Cowell was 22 years old and unmarried when she had her son Theodore, which humiliated her deeply religious parents. She delivered the child at a home for unwed mothers in Vermont and later brought her son to her parents in Philadelphia. To hide the fact he was an illegitimate child, Bundy was raised as the adopted son of his grandparents and was told that his mother was his sister. Eleanor moved with Ted to Tacoma, Washington a few years later. In 1951, she married Johnny Bundy and the couple had several children together. From all appearances, Bundy grew up in a content, working-class family. Bundy showed an unusual interest in the macabre at an early age. Around the age of three, he became fascinated by knives. Bundy was a shy but bright child who did well in school, but not with his peers. As a teenager, a darker side of his character started to emerge. Bundy liked to peer in other people's windows and thought nothing of stealing things he wanted from other people. While a student at the University of Washington, Bundy fell in love with a wealthy, pretty young woman from California. She had everything that he wanted, money, class, and influence. He was devastated by their breakup. Many of his later victims resembled his college girlfriend, attractive students with long, dark hair. His killings also usually followed a gruesome pattern. He often raped his victims before beating them to death. He graduated from University of Washington with a degree in psychology in 1972 and had been accepted to law school in Utah. But by the mid-1970s, Bundy had transformed himself, becoming more outwardly confident and active in social and political matters. Bundy even got a letter of recommendation from the Republican governor of Washington after working on his campaign. 
While there is some debate as to when Ted Bundy started killing, most sources say that he began his murders rampage around 1974. Around this time, many women in the Seattle area and the nearby Oregon went missing. Stories circulated about some of the victims last being seen in the company of a young, dark-haired man known as Ted. He often lured his victims into his car by pretending to be injured and asking for their help. Their kindness proved to be a fatal mistake. In the fall of 1974, Bundy moved to Utah to attend law school and women began disappearing there as well. The following year, he was pulled over by the police. A search of his vehicle uncovered a cache of burglary tools, a crowbar, a face mask, rope, and handcuffs. He was arrested for possession of these tools, and the police began to link him to much more sinister crimes. In 1975, Bundy was arrested in the kidnapping of Carol DeRanche, one of the few women to escape his clutches. He was convicted and received a 1 to 15 year jail sentence. Two years later, Bundy was indicted on murder charges for the death of a young Colorado woman. He decided to act as his own lawyer in this case. During a trip to the courthouse library, Bundy jumped out of a window and made his first escape. He was captured eight days later. In December 1977, Bundy escaped from custody again. He climbed out of a hole he made in the ceiling of his cell, having dropped more than 30 pounds to fit through the small opening. Authorities did not discover that Bundy was missing for 15 hours, giving the serial killer a big head start on the police. He eventually made his way to Tallahassee, Florida. There on the night of January 14, 1978, Bundy broke into the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University. He attacked four of the young female residents, killing two of them. On February 9th, Bundy kidnapped and murdered a 12-year-old girl named Kimberly Leach. These crimes marked the end of his murderous rampage as he was soon pulled over by the police that February. The most damning evidence connecting Ted Bundy to the two Shy Omega murders at FSU were the bite marks on one of the bodies which were a definite match to Bundy. In July 1979, Ted Bundy was convicted for these crimes. He was given the death penalty twice. He received another death sentence the following year in the murder of Kimberly Leach. Ted Bundy's good looks, charms, and intelligence made him something of a celebrity during his trial. Bundy fought for his life, spending years appealing his death sentence. He tried to take his case as high as the U.S. Supreme Court, but he was turned down. He also offered information on some unsolved murders to avoid Florida's electric chair, but he could not delay justice forever. Ted Bundy was executed on January 24, 1989. Bundy's body was cremated in Gainesville and no public ceremony was held. Before he was executed, he requested his ashes be scattered in the Cascade Mountains of Washington State, where he murdered at least four of his victims. One of the most eerie things of this case to me personally, is he died with a smile on his face.
thank you for listening to the Conspiracy and Murder Podcast.